Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Abe Johnson. I'm senior pastor here at Emmaus. And, you know, I, I haven't said this in a while, but if you are listening online, welcome. Um, I want to start out with um, one of my favorite stories from Kelly's classroom. My wife, Kelly, is a third grade teacher. And every one of her students each year, is she in the room or does she? Yeah. So every year they get a fish and they get their own fish on their desk that they get to take care of, a betta fish. They're the ones that have the beautiful fins, and they each get a betta fish, and they learn about betta fish. And they study the fins, and they learn to train, she tells me, they train the betta fish to follow their finger and, and whatnot, and they feed the betta fish, and they learn the betta fish can breathe air. Okay, uh, they breathe air and water, and they, they're, they're puddle hoppers uh, by nature. In one time, there was a student, Henry, and he loved his fish. He named it uh, Red Lightning. Isn't that a great name for a betta fish? Red Lightning. And he loved this thing, and he was so nervous that he wouldn't take care of it right, correctly. And one day, came to school, and Red, Red Lightning died. It was kind of belly up. And Henry was crushed very upset about this. And so, I don't know, you, you had something planned, right, curriculum and stuff, but you call a timeout and you say, hey, everyone, it's time for a family meeting, and we're going to talk about this. Henry is having a hard time. Did you huddle up or something, go on the carpet space with your third grade friends? You use that kind of language. And so uh, they're talking about this, and another student at some point raises his hand, I have, Signora, I have something I need to say to Henry. Okay. The student stands up and he says, Henry, you love that fish. Henry, if Red Lightning were here right now, what would Red Lightning say to you, Henry? I'm not making this up. He would, he would say to you, thank you, Henry. Henry, thank you. You fed me, Henry. You, you cared about me, Henry. You, you put your finger on the tank, and you led me to the other side of the tank, Henry. <laughs> I love you, Henry. Henry, I love you. Yeah. He says, it's not your fault, Henry. It's not your fault, Henry. Uh, and Henry, just like you love Red Lightning, we love you. And that's all I need to say, and he said. <laughs> I love that story. It's one of my favorite stories. And that's one of my favorite kids. He's in middle school now. Well, we're in the book of Amos, but today I'm calling a timeout, all right? And I don't want anyone to give us a red lightning speech right now, but I do want to do something of a family meeting. We as a congregation have had our fair share of difficulties and troubles lately. I'll do my best to get through this thing, all right? Uh, 
Of course, the loss of Sarah last week was devastating. Uh, we recently lost Brother Carlisle, Aldrich, an anchor. We had to say goodbye to Joanne Roney, one of the most joyful people I ever met. Jim, your beloved Char. Uh, and then I think of those in our congregation who, who have had loss in their life. Uh, Sylvia's stepdad, uh, Neil, wherever you are. There you are. Your mother. I think of, even just in the past month, the diagnoses, the medical procedures... Many of you, many of us have had to walk. I'm trying not to look in anyone's eyes now. Or the past fall, our, our precious little Alice Day. Other children in our community who've had difficult diagnoses. I think of other difficulties and challenges that I, I'm aware of. It has been quite a couple of months, people. So it's time to call time out. Last week's sleep has been a little tougher to come by uh, for me. I mentioned this yesterday at the funeral that on Tuesday night I tossed and I turned. I even I grappled with my faith. I did. Yesterday I said, I'm the world's okayest pastor. Uh, afterwards, you know, just this kind of line because pastor's struggling with faith. World's okayest pastor. Afterwards, one of the family members came up to me and said, you know, you called yourself the world's okayest pastor. Do you know what Sarah would do if she heard you say that? I said, what would Sarah do? She'd go have that put on a T-shirt for you. <laughs> So I'll probably do that. World's okayest pastor. Grappling with my faith on Tuesday night. And I know it's not exactly the same thing, but, you know, as I thought about that, my mind went to Jacob. You know the story? Jacob, Genesis chapter 32. Jacob wrestles with God. You know that story? So Jacob is about to face this incredibly difficult thing in his life. The most difficult thing he's ever going to have to walk through. And it's the night before. And he's down by the river. And it's dark outside. And he's grappling with this thing. And this man shows up in the darkness. Jacob's by himself. This man shows up in the darkness, grabs him, and starts wrestling with him. We find out later this is God. Jacob's wrestling with God the night before this crucible moment. And at one point, it says that Jacob has God pinned down. How about that? Can you imagine? He's got God pinned down, and the man says, let me go. And Jacob says, I ain't letting you go. Pin you down. Can you imagine if you had God pinned down? What would your demands be? I want some answers. 
What are you doing? I got some stuff I need here now. I'm not letting you go. And you know what Jacob demanded? You remember? I need a blessing. Because tomorrow I'm walking into the scariest thing I've ever walked into. I need a blessing from you. Well, Jacob got that blessing. Actually, he did. I felt like I was wrestling God on Tuesday night. I did. Though I was not able to pin God down, God was a little more elusive. See? Woke up the next morning, and Kelly comes to tell me that she woke up in the middle of the night. She says, uh, did you leave your phone uh, music app going or something? I said, maybe. I have been known to do that. She said, because I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a song playing. It woke me up. And the song was, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Do you know that? Do you know that, those words? Wish I'd have woke up to that song. <laughs> God is a mystery sometimes. God is a mystery. Couldn't sleep uh, Friday night either. Just tossing and turning. And I know, you too. <laughs> I love the babies in this church, man. And I, 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 maybe it was God poking me up, I don't know. Maybe it was whatever I ate, I'm not sure. But either way, I wasn't sleeping, so I decided to pray. And um, in, in the midst of that, praying, <clears throat> I, God was speaking, showering scripture over my heart. And God was saying to me, Abraham, I am the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the God of wonders. And tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to be tired. And you're going to be weary. Because you're immortal. You are a mortal. Abraham, I do not sleep and I do not slumber. And tomorrow morning I will not be weary. And I am always at work. A broken reed I will not crush. A smoldering wick I will not snuff out. I am the one who is a present help in times of trouble. And I am the one who gives strength to the weary and power to the weak. And I will be my, with my people until the end of the age. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And to my reign and to my rule there will never be an end. Abraham, listen. I am the one who is the ever-present help in the times of trouble. I am the one who has the everlasting arms that are underneath my people. I am their sanctuary. I am the one who is the cleft in the rock. It is me. Who has who pinned down now? And I do believe these things to be true. When I, when I think about our church, 
I often think about, I mean, for obvious reasons, I think about that story in Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, right? That's our name. I think about that story often. So Jesus has been crucified and buried, and there's rumblings that he has risen, but not everyone's seen him. And these two disciples are taking this road. They're walking to this town, Emmaus, and as they're walking, their hearts are troubled and they're heavy, and they're talking about all the events that have happened this past week, and they're there's some emotion in, in the way they're talking. <clears throat> and <laughs> who should show up? Jesus shows up and walks with them, only they don't recognize him. They don't know it's him. And he says, what are you guys talking about? And they, when he says that, the scriptures say they stood still. They, they stop in their tracks. Like, are you serious? Where have you been this last week? And it says that their faces were downcast. They were sad about this. And then Jesus, still not known by them, opens the scriptures to them and says, don't you know that, that this is exactly what he said would happen? And, they, and, and then with the law and the prophets, Jesus shows how the scriptures point to him, how he is in the scriptures. And they travel and they, they come to a place and they, they sit down and they have a meal together. And it's there at the meal that they realize that it's Jesus. <laughs> and I often think about connection points between that story and our um, community here and our faith lives together. Because I think it captures some of our values. For example, these two disciples are heartbroken and they stood still with their faces downcast and they're sad and their faith is in pieces on the floor. And our church is a place and has a history of, of, of being there for the brokenhearted who come and who are able to find healing and whose faith is, is, is shattered a little bit, but they're not judged by that. They're not expected to just get it together. Where faith can be tended to. I like that. In this story, these two disciples, they don't have everything figured out. There's a lot they still got to learn. They don't. And I know some churches, they, they just they got it all figured out. And that's great for them. We don't claim that. And I like that. I like that, that in this story, uh, they engage with the Scriptures. And they engage with the Scriptures to find Jesus there, right? The Scriptures point to Jesus. And, and here, I hope that's how we read the Scriptures, to encounter God, not to reconstruct his history, not to set up a bunch of new rules, not to find some inspiring words for a really cool meme idea. We read the Scriptures to encounter God who wants to be in relationship with us and is a personal design for us. Amen. In this story, Jesus is hard to see, but He's there. 
You can't see him, but he's there. He's walking that road, and that's how it feels sometimes. And in this story, they see the presence of Jesus when they gather together and they break bread together and they, they have a meal together and they fellowship together. That's where the, the Lord is revealed to them. I like that. And I feel like these things describe us a little bit too. I have some scriptures picked out for today, um, just a few. They're not real long. And I pick them not because I, I see this as some sort of you know, deficiency in our life together, that we're not caring for each other or something like that. To the contrary. To the contrary. I've picked these as encouragements for us. A way of saying, keep it up. I'm proud of us. And I hope we're all proud of each other. Uh, the first scripture comes... The first scripture comes to us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It says this. Share each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. The next verse in the New Living Translation made me kind of chuckle a little bit, so I want to read it. It made me chuckle because it's, it reads, If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> Let us keep carrying each other's burdens. The next scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to each other. tenderhearted, forgiving each other as God through Christ has forgiven you. The last scripture I chose for today is Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 9 through 13. Do not just pretend to love each other really love each other. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. And, and, and love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. And then this, you know, never be lazy, work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in times of trouble. And be persistent in prayer. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. And to this I say, keep it up. Uh, keep it up. And um, how, did, how did Nicholas put it again? Uh, as much as you loved red lightning, we love you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that um, you, you speak to us 
and you've given us one another. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this place. I thank you for your love. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for this day, a gift from your hand. And I pray that we would know that your arms, your everlasting arms, are there. That Jesus is there. Who promised us never to leave us and never to forsake us. Thank you. Pray that in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.